God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. This is a reading from Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 to 4. And it's um, basically summarizing what we are looking at on Tuesday uh, with the title, He is the Radiance of the Glory of God. And who is this He we're talking about? That's Jesus. Jesus is the outshining, the brilliance, the brightness of God here on earth. He himself said, I am the light of the world. So Jesus tells us something uh, about himself. And um, here we find that he's mentioned as the creator by whom also he made the worlds. So Christ was, a, was part of the creation story. And that's why he once, one time when he was speaking to the children of Israel, he mentioned to say that before Abraham was, I am. Because he is the I am who had been there from the very beginning, who had created uh, this earth and laid its foundations. So Jesus is the creator. And he said himself uh, in John um, uh, chapter 1 verse 1, say, in the, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So Jesus is God, and that's an important part of his nature. And he is the heir of all things. He became human, and now he has been made the heir of everything. Of course, he was God from the very beginning, but now being a human and now being the heir of all things, that's just in a special way elevates the human race in that a human being now is part of the Godhead and is going to be the universal ruler of this entire universe. So that's really an amazing privilege that we who fail because of sin are being uplifted to a higher standard through, through God, through his love for us. So it's such a great privilege that God became flesh and became a human being born in Bethlehem, a little baby, but with so much power and so much potential to do anything that he would have pleased to do, but restrained himself because he wanted to give an example to us. He laid down all that authority, all that power to become um, like one of us. So truly it's a blessing to have God in our lives. And uh, on Tuesday we're focusing on Hebrews 1 verse 3, which says that Jesus being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person 
and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he is the brightness of the glory of God. And interestingly, when you look at certain words like the brightness, the word brightness comes from a word in um, the region language Greek, apalgesma, which means reflected brightness. So Jesus is the reflected brightness of God's glory. Think of a mirror, for example. When you stand in front of your mirror and you look at the mirror, the image in the mirror is the exact reflection of who you are as a, as a person. How you look like is what the mirror will reflect. So Jesus, in a similar fashion, when he came to earth, he's a reflection of God in heaven. And when we see Jesus, it's more like we're actually looking into the face of God himself. And when we go further into the verse, it says that not only is he the reflection, but he's the express image of his person. In the ESV, it says the exact imprint of his nature. So the very nature of Jesus Christ is the very nature of God himself. The word image comes from the Greek word character, which is an engraved imprint. So an engraving, Jesus Christ is the engraved imprint of God here on earth. Uh, my sister happened to have taught me how to bake um, maybe some cakes and some scones. And, you know, when we baked cakes, the cakes would have different shapes, some, depending on the way the pan was shaped. If the pan was shaped as a heart, um, the cake would be uh, baked and would assume the shape of, of the pan in which it was baked. So this helps us to understand a little bit as well about how Jesus' nature is like as the exact imprint of God. When I look at a cake, even when I haven't seen the pan from which it was made, if I look at the shape of the cake, I can be able to deduce the type of pan from which it was baked because it will bear the same dimensions, the same shape as the pan. So in a similar way, Jesus Christ, we may not see God the Father, but when we see Jesus Christ, we're able to appreciate the nature of God because he comes from God. He's an exact uh, replica or, or engraved imprint of God made flesh here on earth. So it's really a wonderful thing that we can see Jesus because when we see him, we're actually seeing the Father, his character, his nature, his love, his, his compassion, his grace, his power, his justice. When we see Jesus, we see God himself. And it's really a privilege that we are actually able to know Jesus. And, you know, there are some schools of thought which other people, not Adventists, hold to say that um, Jesus is actually the Father himself. Actually, no, he isn't the Father, but he is he's, uh, he's very much um, 
like the Father. He is the express image of his person. He is in character, in nature, in his essence, exactly just like his Father. But he and his Father are different. They are one in nature, in character, but they are two different distinct individuals. That's why when we read 1 John 5 verse 7, it says that there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, God the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. So these three are one. And this is what we appreciate from this verse because we are not trying to understand God the Father as He's the exact same person as Jesus. Even when he, another example is at his baptism, when he was getting baptized, the father spoke, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit was also there, descended on him in the form of a dove. So it helps us to understand that these are three distinct entities, but they work in unison, in harmony, in creation of the world, they were in harmony, in redemption of the world, they were in harmony. So it's such a great blessing to know the Father, to know the Son, to know the Holy Spirit. And the Father, though we may have not seen him, through Jesus we are able to appreciate the Godhead in totality. And when you read uh, some of the verses that are given uh, on Tuesday, you have Exodus 24 verse 16 and 17, Psalms 4 verse 6, Psalms 36 verse 9 and Psalms 89 verse 15. These verses help us to understand something about the glory of God. When we say Jesus is the brightness of the glory of God, what is the glory of God? When we read these verses, we'll find that God's glory was seen in the Mount of Sinai when Moses was going to see God and collect the Ten Commandments and receive instructions on behalf of the people. The glory of God was evident and it was with great power. So uh, Jesus is uh, the brightness or the reflection of God's glory, his light. When we read the other verses, we appreciate how glory also is... is, is um, is a way of uh, describing the light of God, his magnificent, glorious light. So Jesus brings down the light from heaven to this earth. There's actually this nice song that I'm sure some of us know. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open our eyes, let me see. Yeah, it goes something like that. So Jesus is the light of the world who came into our dark world and brought the light of heaven, the light which is from God himself. And he is God himself. So this is a great um, appreciation of what Jesus came to do. He brought the light and the glory of God into this dark world that was steeped into sin through the temptations that our forefathers stepped into and uh, gave into sin. But he brings light to dispel the darkness. 
An important question on, on, on the same day is why is it such great news that Jesus reveals the character and the glory of the Father to us? What does Jesus tell us about what the Father is like? So Jesus tells us about the nature of God. The, he, he helps us to get an insight into who God the Father is, his character, his love, his compassion, his power, his justice, his purity, his perfection, his wisdom, his knowledge. So it's such a blessing to see Jesus. I once had a chat recently with a friend of mine who was having a bit of doubts about God. And I was telling him that we may not really go into a lab to prove that God exists. However, there are ways, which I hope I can share with him, with time, ways in which we can appreciate God's existence. We can appreciate God's existence through nature. Nature is filled with so much complexity from the smallest atom to the, to the billions of galaxies that astronomers have found out exist. There's so much intricacy that it, it, it seems illogical that all this would just have come by chance, that the earth would have the exact proportions of oxygen, nitrogen, carbon dioxide to support life, and that so many things on this planet, from water to trees to all the um, things we find here on earth, actually make it possible for us to survive. So it seems to have been planned by a master designer who we believe is God. And of course, there are some things that we may not fully understand um, about God. We may not fully appreciate who he is because out, after all, he is God and we're human beings. His exact nature. We might not even understand how he has always existed. But one thing that we can appreciate is his genius through what he has created. We can appreciate God's existence through the the innate desire to, you know, worship something that is greater than ourselves. Wherever you go around the world, there are temples, there are people worshiping all kinds of things because they just sense a certain, you know, allegiance to a power that is greater than, them, than themselves. So this can give us hints that, okay, we're not just here by accident. There's something supernatural about our physical existence. And this, we believe, is God. We can trust that there is something greater. And these are hints pointing us to a greater power, who is God himself. Another key pointer to the existence of God is, um, is the scriptures. The scriptures plainly declare God exists. In the beginning, God. And the scriptures have so much power to transform lives and make us better people. And if we believe in the Bible, then we must believe that God exists. So the testimony of the scriptures gives us confidence. And the scriptures are, 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 are authored by human beings, but these human beings have testified that they have been inspired not by themselves, their own thoughts, but God has placed into their minds the truths that they proclaim. So 
um, we learn about God's existence even through scripture. And one of the most compelling evidences of God's existence is Jesus Christ himself. He claimed to believe in God and he claimed to be God. And we believe these claims because after all, he's made such a big difference in human history and he resurrected. The Bible tells us he resurrected after his death. And, you know, Jesus' death is one which was so politically, um, there were a lot of political influences trying to ensure that he's, he's put to death. And the um, um, officials, the Jewish officials tried to tell the Roman authorities to ensure that this tomb is guarded and it is, you know, protected so that no one should tamper with the tomb to prove that this man who was bringing all kinds of havoc in the Jewish community was finally put to rest. However, that tomb is empty today. Amen, friends? We believe that Jesus resurrected, that he is alive now and forevermore. If there's a tomb that should have been found, it should have been Jesus' tomb. But when we go to Israel and try to check the tombs that are uh, believed to have been Jesus' tomb, those tombs are empty. So we believe that Jesus Christ rose again and he proclaims that he is God, that he is the son of God. And if we believe in Jesus, maybe we have not seen God, but we can believe the testimony of somebody we've seen, a human being who says he came from the father. Jesus Christ says that God exists. So we can believe in God. We can know something about God, his power, his, his love and compassion. Looking at what Jesus did, the things that he did are just so amazing. Raising the dead to life, walking on water, turning stones in, okay, didn't turn stones into bread, but he caused the bread and fish to feed 5,000. He multiplied that bread and that fish to feed so many people. He turned water into wine. He was simply saying that I am God. I am able to do supernatural things. I'm able to operate in the power of my father so that you and I can believe that there is a God and that he is God. So friends, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. And we can say and sing, we have seen his glory. We have seen his glory. We have seen his glory, the one and only Son. Amen.